not enough sleep, feeling exhausted. I've just got to keep going. Just push through. Be brave. I can do this. I'll get there. And I know I'll sleep better tomorrow when I finally get there. Today, I want to talk about taking a nap. This is an extremely important discussion for shift workers, but it's also relevant for everyone in our incredibly busy lives. What does the current science tell us about taking a nap? Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to A Healthy Shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, Certified Nutritionist, Veteran Law Enforcement Officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and wellbeing so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And welcome to today's episode of the show. Today's topic to nap or not to nap? What does the science say? Firstly, what I want to do is I want to define nap. What is a nap? Well, a nap is defined as a short period of sleep, typically taken during daytime hours as an adjunct to the usual nocturnal sleep period. But Rog, I just don't have time to nap. I know I always feel so garbage when I wake up from a nap, So I avoid them at all cost. I just hate that feeling. And can't we all just relate to that? That when we nap, we wake up and we feel worse and we wish we'd never done it. So let's just dive in and discuss all of this. Let's see what the science actually says about napping. And then you can make your own informed choice. Now, there's a fair bit to unpack here, but I'm just going to go through it step by step because sleep and everything around that is a real science, and there's so much that even I are learning all the time around this. Now, for a start, shift workers are severely impacted by the lack of nocturnal sleep. We work overnight, we end up with overtime, we're late home, then we've got home duties to deal with, there's not enough time to sleep, back to work again. This is a really common problem for parents with children. And we just keep pushing on, and then we just go back to work again. I'm here to inform you that this is highly dangerous. As much as you are driven to raise your children and do everything that you can do for your children, skipping sleep at that cost is going to come at a severe cost to you. Now, statistical data shows that poor decisions and a number of significant events in history were created through lack of sleep. And these created poor decisions and poor cognitive ability. So firstly, let me explain in simple terms how sleep actually works in our body or what the process is. So throughout a period of wakefulness, so from the time we wake up, adenosine starts building within our body. Now, adenosine promotes what is known as sleep drive or your need to sleep. And the longer that we're awake, the more adenosine builds and the more pressure there is to actually sleep. 
Now, interestingly, adenosine actually accumulates at the points in our brain that are important for promoting arousal, especially in our reticular activating system in the brain stem. Now, adenosine inhibits arousal and causes sleepiness. So this is why as the day goes on, we get more and more tired. Now, this is our body's way of maintaining our sleep-wake homeostasis. In simple terms, the correct amount of sleep and wake during a 24-hour cycle. So that explains that. So if you want to geek out a little to understand this process, adenosine is found with a molecule molecule called adenosine triphosphate. This is what's known as ATP. Now, the energy currency of all of our cells is ATP, adenosine triphosphate. It stores and provides energy. Now, as this energy is broken down, the adenosine molecule is released as a byproduct. So the more energy that's burnt, so the more ATP that's burnt, the more adenosine is released and the more our sleep pressure builds. So as we go through the day, we burn stored ATP, releasing more adenosine into the system, and this makes us tired. This also explains why we feel tired and we just feel like we want to lie down and have a nap after a hectic workout. It actually makes sense, doesn't it? Burn more energy release more adenosine, the sleep pressure builds, we want to sleep. Now, when we don't get to sleep, this pressure just keeps building with absolutely no way to release. The only way to release this is by actually sleeping. Now, when we go to sleep, sleep pressure is released by flushing the adenosine out of this extremely and clearly intuitive machine, which is known as our human body. So a human body puts us to sleep to flush the adenosine out of our brain, and then away we go again. Once flushed out, the sleep pressure goes, and then we repeat the same cycle again the next day. All right, so we understand that. Adenosine builds sleep pressure. So what impact does caffeine have? Because we hear caffeine all the time. Quite simply, caffeine blocks the adenosine receptors in our brain. The caffeine molecule imitates the adenosine molecule and the receptor, it rece- it's received by the receptor perfectly. So this is when, what, when we wake up and have caffeine, it stops adenosine starting to accumulate in those arousal receptors and it keeps us stimulated. So for argument's sake, you go to sleep, the adenosine washes out. What's one of the first things we do when we wake up? We have caffeine. And what happens to the caffeine? It gets digested, goes straight to the brain and attaches to the adenosine receptor and it keeps us awake. So as we're consuming caffeine, coffee, green tea, guarana, soft drinks, chocolate and energy drinks, so we are continually putting caffeine into our system and we're continually blocking those adenosine receptors. But as the caffeine runs out, the adenosine starts to accumulate and sleep pressure starts to build. So this is why we start to get tired later in the afternoon. It is for this reason that science shows that we need to stop consuming caffeine anywhere between four to six hours at least prior to sleep. It gives these receptors a chance to open, it gives the caffeine a chance to fall away, and then allows the adenosine to start doing our thing in our brain. 
Now, to be clear to you, and I want to be very clear on this, when we're exhausted, caffeine is not the solution. And this is why. While caffeine is blocking the receptor, there is still huge amounts of adenosine floating around in our system. And this adenosine can't go until we sleep. So for the more caffeine that you're actually drinking, you are literally blocking the uh, adenosine from hitting those receptors, which forces us to go to sleep, which causes the process of flushing the adenosine out of our system. So when you stop drinking caffeine, you will get a massive buildup of adenosine, and this is when these micronaps occur, or when people fall asleep at the wheel when they're driving home. The sleep pressure is just too much. It continues to build. And of course, when we're working night shift, or we've gone all day without a proper day's sleep, and we've been running around all day, we've burnt the ATP, we've released the adenosine molecule, the adenosine can't bind to the receptor, so it literally just floats around in our system. So when we do stop drinking the caffeine and the caffeine starts to wash away, the adenosine just hits us and the sleep pressure is so strong that all we want to do is go to sleep. And that can happen just uncontrollably for us. Bang, and we're out like a light. And this is where those micro naps actually occur. Right, now, I hope that made sense to you. It's a very complex process, but what I have done is I've broken it down for you simply to understand it. You may need to re-listen. Good luck to you with that. But anyway, that's a situation. Now, what we all know is this that it's important that we allow this cycle to run normally. Adenosine needs to build during the day. We need to allow that sleep pressure to build because that's what puts us to sleep. We then sleep. As soon as we go to sleep, the adenosine is flushed, the sleep pressure is released, we sleep through our normal cycles, we wake up, and then we repeat. Adenosine builds, sleep pressure builds, we sleep, blah, blah, blah. And this is how we keep ourselves in line with our circadian rhythm, and our circadian rhythm keeps our sleep cycle going as well. Now, a recent study, which is a systematic review, and for those that are unaware, it's the highest level of evidence that's been conducted into people suffering from shift work sleep disorder. Rog, what's shift work sleep disorder? We've all got that, haven't we? Well, shift work sleep disorder is a sleep disorder that commonly affects those who work non-traditional hours hello shift workers, outside of the typical 9am to 5pm workday. Now shift work schedules go against people's internal body clocks or their circadian rhythms. What are the symptoms? The primary symptoms of shift work sleep disorder are insomnia and excessive sleepiness associated with working and sleeping at non-standard times. So shift work sleep disorder is also associated with falling asleep when you're at work overnight and then not being able to sleep once you're in bed during the day. Now, if you suffer from shift work sleep disorder, then it's vital that you discuss this with your physician and he can help you with it. There are medications and strategies that can be used around that. Now, this study showed clear evidence that sufferers of shift work sleep disorder that had a nap of less than 30 minutes, keep that in mind, less than 30 minutes, before, during, or after a shift was an effective method of counteracting the symptoms of shift work sleep disorder. So naps less than 30 minutes are best suited, and the reason being is because of their lack of sleep inertia. 
All right, so Rog, you've thrown in another word. Explain what sleep inertia is. I'm going to put this really simply. Sleep inertia is that feeling of feeling like poo when you first wake up. That feeling that you have when the alarm goes off at 4.30am for your day shift, breaking you out of a deep sleep. You can't wake up. You feel groggy. It's just a clear inability to function. This is because part of your body is still in a sleep state. Sleep inertia can last from 30 minutes to four hours. Sleep inertia is highly dangerous because this is when you are likely to make mistakes. And the reason? Large amounts of caffeine affects your heart rate because we drink caffeine to try and come out of it. We have high adrenaline, which causes, you know, which is caused by a loud alarm clock. It's woken us out of a deep sleep. We wake up with stress, a reduction in memory ability. We drive while we're drowsy. We're late for work. We have lower production in the first part of the day, productivity in the first part of the day. There's no doubt about it. Low performance and response time on tasks. We lose concentration and we have the impairment of any capability to make any sort of decision at all. How many times do you go to your car and have to come back and grab something because you've forgotten it? This is our cognitive ability. Now, sleep inertia is what occurs when we wake up from deep REM sleep, which is the rapid eye movement sleep, deep REM sleep. Now, this occurs from around 30 minutes of sleep. So we need to be awake before this occurs. So what can we take out of this study for all of us, for everybody? Not just shift workers, but for mums and dads and anybody else that are living these busy lives these days. It's very simple. We need to stay in line as much as possible with our circadian rhythm every single day. Now, if you start to get tired, afford yourself the opportunity to have a nap which goes for less than 30 minutes. Ideally, 20 to 25 minutes. Set an alarm for 25 minutes. Lie down, allow yourself to sleep, and get up as soon as the alarm goes off. Get straight up. Now, the time consumed by the actual nap is worth the benefits. You may check out for 20 to 25 minutes, but the benefit will be enormous. It's a very simple and practical treatment to help you to manage fatigue. Now, I did a post on my Instagram on the Caffeine Power Nap, which explains that. So let's just have a quick chat about that as well. Put simply, when you're absolutely exhausted and need a nap, and you think, I just don't have time, and I've got to keep going and go to work, stop. If you've got 20 to 25 minutes, that is all you need. You've already told me that you're tired, so set yourself an alarm for 25 minutes. Get yourself calm and ready for sleep. Have your bed right up, grab your teddy bear, do whatever you need, but get yourself into bed. Drink a double espresso and lie down and allow yourself to go to sleep. Now this affords your brain the chance to flush the adenosine out. As soon as you go to sleep, the adenosine, the sleep pressure's gone, the adenosine gets flushed out and it opens up the receptors. Now, caffeine takes about 20 to 25 minutes to digest through the small intestine and then reach your brain. And that then blocks the adenosine receptor. Your alarm goes off in 25 minutes and you wake up and you're ready to go. Let me just repeat that. 20 minutes to 25 minutes sleep. That's all it takes to flush the adenosine. 
20 to 25 minutes for the caffeine to go through the small in- intestine and reach your brain and blocks the adenosine receptor. Adenosine creates a sleep. That's blocked. Bang. You're up. You're ready to go. All right. So that just explains it. Went longer than I wanted, but there was a few things to explain there. All right. So can I just talk about this? I'll just summarize it. We could all use a nap, but it's got to be less than 30 minutes. Ideally, 20 to 25 minutes. Yes, some could still suffer from sleep inertia, but this is the best way to avoid it. Less than 30 minutes. We need to avoid that deep REM sleep in a nap. So we've got to get up before we go into that. It is waking up from that deep wave REM sleep that actually leaves us feeling like, as I described before, like poo. This is the direct opposite to what we need when we need a proper sleep. So when we need to go to bed and get that proper sleep, we need to get into that deep REM sleep. So there you go. Nap or not? Absolutely. We absolutely should be having a nap. So when we're coming into that night shift, that's why I say go to bed early, go all day, get up early, go all day, have a nap before you go to work. And everybody else that are non-shift workers, if you're feeling tired, set an alarm for 25 minutes, lie down, have a nap, get up, the benefits are enormous. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.